welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by the man known as Rainier. Rainier, how are you doing? What's up, Henry? Well, today is Monday, July 31st, and as promised, we're going to continue to recap Comic-Con 2017. There's so much uh, to talk about, so um, yeah, we got to continue the coverage here, yeah? Yes, indeed, and there was a lot uh, that happened in San Diego. A lot. A lot of tears, a lot of joy, a lot of (laughs) laughter, a lot of craziness. A lot of craziness, yeah. So last episode with Clara, I had kind of recapped her experiences and talked about kind of like the big moments of the con. Um, a lot of stuff that you might have heard elsewhere, you know, the stuff that shows up in the, the, the press wire releases and blogs and other podcasts, you know. Uh, what we didn't cover is the personal, the deeply personal experiences that Rainier and I experienced. And to me, that's what Comic-Con is all about. It's those really kind of special moments that only you or a handful of people, only a handful of people got to got to experience. Hey, know? hey, quick question. Did has, yeah. Was Clara there for work, for pleasure, for both? You know, interesting question because I think it was a little bit of all of that. You know, it was her first year with a press badge and there was an aspect where she had to to attend some panels simply to, to write about them for the website she she writes for. Um, so there was that aspect. But, you know, th- I know for a fact there's another aspect that was her just sort of getting to en- enjoy the con like, like the rest of us. So, yeah, I think uh, a little bit of all of that, yeah. Um, oh, hey, you know, before we really dive back into Comic-Con, I wanted to call out a new podcast that Cape and Cowell is putting out, you know? You guys may have heard of it. They put their first episode out. It's called the all-new, all-different Cape and Cowell podcast. And Aton, along with his, his employees, Kevin and Fernando, they did a great job, episode one. So if you're listening to the Comic Sauce podcast, please continue listening. But also listen to this podcast as well. I think they're both great and they're both different and I think there's room for all of us all of us in this in this universe. Yeah? There can only be one. <laughs> no, I listened I listened to the first five minutes. It sounds great. It's like clerks for comics. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, that, I, I get that sense, too. If you like the movie Clerks, it's kind of, it taps into that a little bit where you get this look from behind the counter, you know? You get to know the guys who work at Cape and Cowell Comics. And, um, you know, I think purposefully we're all, each podcast is kind of doing a different thing. Um, we will continue to do timely coverage of you know new superhero movie trailers or recapping uh, superhero TV shows talking comics all of that um, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be as much of that on the Cape and Cowell podcast now but you really I think it's you kind of get that insider look it's it's basically from the employees 
of Cape and Cowell Comics, and it's a nice little insider look there. So definitely recommend that. I see this look on Henry's face like we're going to have a Cape and Cowell podcast versus the Comic Sauce <laughs> podcast. You know, there's, there's, you can't help but think of, you know, a, a competition, you know. Um, Relive the DC versus Marvel <laughs> rivalry. We might have to uh, throw down like that at some point. But no, I think, uh, you know, in general, it's all, it's all, it's all good. You know, there's no bad it's blood. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Comic-Con 2017. So let's start. I thought let's start with with the negatives because there <laughs> you were... You want to do a positive negative? We could just start day by day. How's that? <laughs> the whole... You know, that might be... Because there's a lot of negative and positive bundled in the one. Sometimes you, you can't tell the difference between the two. Yeah. It, 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 that, you know, that that's a good point because... You know, when you go to San Diego Comic-Con, particularly like how we did it, we did the full thing, four-day, the full four-day. I even did oh, five pre- days. Yeah, I did, did I, five days. Even I did preview night, too. Um, if you do it, it's like when you walk away, you know, you, you can say it was, it was good, it was bad, it was great, it was terrible. But, you know, but it's really moment to moment. You could have this amazing experience one moment and then have a soul-crushing defeat the next you know (laughs) it really that's how it goes you know um but i just wanted to point out that the general disgruntledness after the con because there were a lot of attendees who had a really shitty time i I think that we need to call that out because i think more than ever this year more than ever uh there was a lot of shitty stuff happened to a lot of people yeah Probably, you know, the thing is, is like Comic Con. It's it's like it's like a working man's convention. You gotta you gotta find your fun, and you got <laughs> you gotta work for it. It doesn't come to you. You can't just stand around and have awesome things happen. Like you gotta find it and you yeah. gotta work for it. You know that to me, you maybe just stated the number one takeaway. You have to work for it, and it's crazy because it's so hard. It's so fucking hard to get in you know you got to work for it to get a badge you got to work your ass off to get a hotel oh yeah right from the very beginning it's parking pass work oh my god like you got to work your ass off so i think maybe a lot of people can't help but think okay i did all this and let let me just like i'm entitled to all this awesomeness and that's a bad that's a bad approach because you gotta continue the fight, man. You gotta you, you gotta wake up early. You gotta be prepared for a disappointment, and you gotta really fight and scratch and claw and battle. You know, a lot of it too is just pure dumb luck and just being in the right place at the right time. That's most of it too. Like, it is. I mean, it you is. gotta put in some of your effort, but a lot of it is just right place, right time. Yeah. So just real quick before we we get off the negativity. The I think the line management was maybe the number one complaint. So, Comic Con is there's lines. There's, whatever you're doing, like you will experience lines lines up the a hole. Did you see <laughs> that bit that Conan did about Line Con? Oh no, tell me about that. He had a little like two minute, um, what was it? Um, highlight of a convention, and he was calling it Line Con, which was clearly a spoof off of comic-con because there's lines for everything yeah there really is there really is that's funny (laughs) even he called it out he recognized it yeah i mean you name it bathrooms 
you know, buying food, simple things like getting coffee, you know, walking down the street, crossing the street. Yeah. Yeah. There's just lines everywhere. There's the, the crowds are insane, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's lines and it's it can be frustrating, particularly if the lines are not managed, managed well. And I think that was a big part of you know, the negativity around this year's con. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's specific to this year because lines have existed at Comic-Con since I've been going. Yeah. I've been going for the last 15 years and lines have always been there. I think it just feels more prevalent because people are being more outspoken about it via Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I think with social media, these, these shortcomings are really sort of amplified. You know, we're, we're seeing them and hearing about, hearing about them more and more. Um, but, you know, a, another thing is the crowding. You know, it's weird. I don't think they gave out more badges this year than previous years, but it sure as hell felt like it, right? Yeah, it sure felt more crowded this year. Yeah, there's tons of people. And I think, you know, maybe the the lines were managed, you know, no worse than before. But just the sheer volume of people there really led to just a lot of, bad shit happening people cutting in line there are rumors that um counterfeit wristbands were used for hall h um yeah so it, it was there was a lot of bad shit that happened there's no question and line cutting happens um that that just ha- i mean there's 140,000 people and how many security and volunteers yeah. do we have i mean it's a drop in the bucket yeah and and to that point it's good to sort of self-police the lines. You know, if you see something, say something. Um, like you said, there's not enough volunteers and security to enforce it all. And it's not so, just line cutting, know. too. It's holding, hold, well, I mean, holding places in line for other people. That's technically cutting. Yeah. If, if you know, if there's, there's a certain courtesy that you have to... Um, you know, that you have to carry when it comes to, like, holding places in line for people. Yeah. I mean, I think Comic-Con had a rule on there where you can only hold up to five, you know, places in line for other people. Yeah. But no one really follows that rule. Yeah, clearly that was violated. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. In a bad way, in a big way. Yeah, so, you know, um, so, yeah, the, the, the consequences of that were what? I think a lot of people who waited in line for a long time ended up getting shut out of stuff you know it's pretty unfortunate you know um these long lines can you know they can pay off you know they can pay off in great ways so hall h is very famous and famously difficult to get into on the popular days and um people wait in long lines to get in and there were a lot of stories of people waiting a long time and not being able to get in at all. Um, exclusives, exclusives are huge at Comic Con. You know, again in the past, you know, if you lined up early enough, um, you would at least get a shot. You know, at a lottery draw for for some some awesome exclusive on the exhibit floor. A lot of stories, again, of people getting completely shut out after waiting, like God knows how long. And we're not talking, you know, two hours. You know, you wait for two hours or two hours for anything, and you you come up empty-handed. You're gonna be pissed, right? But no, we're talking about like 24 hours. You know, <laughs> like 36 hours. I'm not even joking. You know, like um, that's basically Hall H and the Game of Thrones experience. Yeah, the most popular stuff. Um, people wait 
like I, that long. You know, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, you camping know? has just become a thing. It's just part of the. It's just part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. People come out in full camping gear. People are ready to sleep on the pavement. Uh, it's become a party in itself. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it it really is part of the experience now. You know, camping out in line, all of that. So. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed right away, I came in a little, a little early. I didn't have preview night, um, but my whole point of coming in early was to be able to get settled in my hotel and to pick up my bag and programming, which didn't happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they instituted a new rule now where you can't pick up your bag, your lanyard, your, your programming guide unless you have the day of, uh, which seemed really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, you know, say you're there for the weekend, but you only have Sunday. You know, you can't look through your programming guide. You don't even have a lanyard for your badge yeah. until the day, until that day comes. And sure, you can find a lot of the programming online, but there are things that are different in the programming book than there are online. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that rule, which is a new rule, not, you know, being able to pick up your bag and your lanyard on Wednesday unless you had preview night. That's a bad that fucking That was pretty rule. lame. Like, it they did dumb. a great job. Like, yeah, you get your badge ahead of time. Yeah, that's great. But that that still leaves you in the same position of having to wait in a big-ass line just to pick up your mm-hmm. bag, programming, yeah. and lanyard. Yeah, we, we saw, you saw it, and I, I definitely heard of it. On the Thursday, that bag and lanyard pickup was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, you know? so, I mean, Thursday, we were already preparing to wait in line early in the morning to get in. Uh, and mind you, we woke up every day, 4.35 a.m., and we were, we were at the convention location at around 5 o'clock every morning. Yeah. And so I made the decision to forego picking up my bag early um, only because on Wednesday I couldn't. And yeah. so I was like, I have other things to do Thursday morning, so I'm going to push it back. I'm going to pick up my bag and lanyard and everything. Later, uh, when I decided to do that at around noon – the line was long. It was huge <laughs> yeah. just to pick up your bag and lanyard. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, so if they had allowed attendees to pick up their stuff on Wednesday like they had for years past, it would have alleviated so much of that craziness on Thursday and, well, the, the whole rest of the convention, really. Um, that was a bad move. And yeah. I also heard they ran out of bags, too. I heard that, too. That's the fir- I've never heard of that ever happening, Yeah. Uh, which is pretty shitty. Uh, I mean, they do have really cool bags. This this time around, they included uh, a pin, like a DC character pin, with every bag. And I think, yeah. I think people cheated the system into getting multiple bags, which I think might have resulted in the shortage of bags. I think so. Yeah. Ba- bags are a big deal, by the way. It sounds silly that you're. It's just a bag, but it's actually it's a Warner Brothers, you know, television show or movie bag. Yeah. So it's a themed bag, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you have people that are trying to find the most sought after one. Yeah. And they're collectible too. They're collectible. Yeah, yeah. People collect them. People pay good money for those bags, and um, yeah, there's so, you know, we don't want to harp on the negatives too much, but yeah, there's a lot of kind of bad shit that went down this year, I think. So yeah, let's let's move on to to the positives. So, you know, last episode with Clara, we talked a little bit about how, you know, the the coolest shit to happen is it's you know it's very exclusive you know not everyone gets to experience all these magical moments but that said 
You know, I have to say, (laughs) dude, you know, not not to brag, but, dude, Rainier, you and I, we fucking won Comic-Con, dude. We experienced some shit that was like, well, first off, very few people got to experience some of the stuff we got to experience, and it was fucking awesome. So, yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, You want to talk about the Westworld offside a little bit? (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about that. Dude. Yeah, so Thursday was my first official day to be able to enter Comic-Con. And the plan was originally to wait in line so we could do an early drawing for a, uh, for a Frank Miller meet and autograph. Yes. And at the last second, where we were waiting in line, Henry found the Westworld sign-up. Mm-hmm. And as we're waiting at Starbucks for our coffee, uh, which is also a long line. Yes. Henry Henry decides to check into the hotel, and he's like, hey, w- there's there's a pretty short line. There's like 50 or 60 people. Yep. And he's like, he had asked one of the attendees, hey, if you're within the first 100, you're going to get into this thing. And this is the first day they released it to the public. I think they did it on Wednesday for press only, right. the Westworld experience. Yeah. So we decided to pivot our plans, my wife and I, uh, and we hopped in line for Westworld. So, okay, again, we were 50 and 60 in line. This was 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock maybe. Yeah. Right? And then Henry decided, hey, I'm going to stick with the original plan and go right. for the Frank Miller drawing. Yep. So my wife and I are in line. 50 and 60. Okay, and so the sign-up doesn't happen until 9.30 a.m. As we inch closer to 9.30, you see a lot of people that are counting people in line, mm-hmm. and suddenly we find ourselves like in the 90 to 100 range. Yeah. And here's our first here's our first dose of people holding places in line for people <laughs> that we never even saw yeah. that entire morning. Where were you? I mean, it's easy to just say, "Hey, we're early in line, you know, yeah. let's call up our homies and see if everyone will join us." And so we were kind of stressing out at this point. Okay, I need to fast forward this. Yeah. Um so the signups begin and the signups are only allowing one person at a time. And so, you know, we we actually don't leave that whole thing until about 10 30 ish right so you had been in line for several hours right since since six o'clock and we were talking like four plus hours right yeah 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 and you didn't well continue but you didn't get that the the, the sign up so they even, were doing right? they were assigning time slots and um and when it finally came out to us, the people that were working there, they're like, hey, you guys are, are going to have to be on standby. We've already fulfilled all mm-hmm. of our slots for the day. And we're like, damn it. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. You know exactly how that happened. Well, anyway, let's get to the worst <laughs> world experience, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but real quick, just before we get there, um, that morning, so you guys experienced a bit of disappointment in that you didn't get the sign-up that seemed to be like a sure thing, right? You got right. the standby, which is better than nothing, but you didn't get signed up after waiting all those hours in line. Similarly, you know, I had cut off to the exhibit floor to try to get a wristband for the Frank Miller signing. I had gotten shut out of that. So Thursday morning, our first full day of the con was not boding very well for you and I. No, right? we were off to a rough start. It was a little bit rough. So I didn't get the wristband. You guys didn't get the sign-up. Um, but you guys did did get on standby. So We uh, did get on standby. Yeah, continue with that. And it seemed like there were a limited number of standby people because I think maybe 10 or 15 behind us, they're like, we can't do standby anymore. Mm. So we still made it. Yeah. Uh, and so we walked for the sign-up. The, the moment you sign up, you're you're meeting hosts from the show. These are people dressed all in white. 
they're acting as you know what are they cyber yeah. cybernetic host or right. robotic host in character right in character they sign you up they give you a card that says Delos Corporation with your time slot now my wife and I wanted to do this together uh, but the guy that was working that station said hey if you sign up individually you'll have a better chance of getting in on standby versus going together because we need to have two people actually not show up for you to go together and so we're like we'll take it we waited in yep. line all this time we'll take it yeah and then i looked at the address on the card and it showed the kempton hotel which is about a mile and a half away from the convention center and i knew the moment i saw that and it's hot in san diego okay keep that in mind Anything that's far away from the convention center that's far from air conditioning is going to be a hassle for anybody. <laughs> yeah. And you're carrying bags of of stuff, right? So everything is also heavy to carry. And so we're like, I was telling my wife, I was like, hey, we've got a really good shot at this. Let's just let's just do it anyway. Should I fast forward to the experience? <laughs> yeah. Let, let, you know, um, real quick. Um, so I think you mentioned the press got to experience this offsite on Wednesday. Yeah, I, think I think that's, that's I think that's the norm. I think that's the norm for all yeah. of these offsites is that they want pe- they want buzz, they want press going yeah. in there. And that's key because um, before we had heard before there was any press members attending, we we had heard about this offsite, but it was is shrouded in mystery and we kind of suspected it was just kind of a VR thing, maybe not even worth checking out. But after press got to do it on Wednesday, we saw some tweets and they just said, like, literally, this is the best Comic-Con offsite I have ever, ever, ever experienced. Yeah. Um, so instantly, that's why that Thursday morning, I, I, I thought, hey, let me, let's check out the line because... That was a good call. Yeah, you know, um, and... Um, what was interesting you know, about it, what was interesting about it was there was not a lot of details. They didn't really yeah. advertise it. A lot yeah. of people were like, oh, where's the Westworld thing happening? Yeah. In the back of my mind, I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if you got to experience Westworld like the characters on the show get to experience it and then come to find out that's kind of what it was, right? So, yeah, let's take us take us through the experience itself. So, well, let's let's see. Let's do this. So, uh, after the sign-up, it was great. It was actually nice having a time slot for us. So, it allowed us to do different things. So, from there, yeah. uh, we were able to actually walk right into Hall H. We didn't really care about being seated in front, but mm-hmm. Hall H was open, I feel like, for the most part, all day on Thursday. Yeah. And we got to see the first panel for Hall H, which was the Kingsman, which was an awesome panel, by the way. And nice. I'm surprised it wasn't as crowded as it really should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the first Kingsman movie. Uh, the second one is looking just as promising. The entire cast was there. Wow. Uh, let's see the guy. Uh, the guy that plays Eggsy, Halle Berry, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, Channing Tatum. You name it. They were all there. Um, cool. And it opened up with uh, it. Uh, you guys could probably find this, the stuff online. Actually, no, the footage you can't find online. It actually uh-huh. opened up with uh, with that character Archer, an animated Archer short where they did a collaboration with him and Eggsy from the Kingsman. Okay. Uh, it was actually really funny. They showed a lot of clips. They showed the entire uh, intro, which was like five or six minutes of the Kingsman oh, wow. movie. They showed uh, a fight between uh, Eggsy and uh, and Channing Tatum, who oh. represents the Statesman, the Kingsman of the U.S. Okay. And uh, they showed Julianne Moore's character uh, as the villain. Her character's name is Poppy. Okay. And on top of that, we got... You know, a free T-shirt, a free fidget spinner. It was cool. We, it was a great uh, Hall H Thursday first day experience. <laughs> right. Particularly cool that 
You didn't even have to wait in line. Didn't wait in line. Walked in. Walked right in. Awesome. Then from there, we uh, we had more time to kill, so we did the mutant testing uh, situation outside uh, between the Hilton and the convention center, mm-hmm. where we met up with Henry and his wife for a brief moment. Uh, yeah, yep, that's right. We did it too. <laughs> and then from there, it was time to go to the Westworld experience. So we made the hike up to the Kimpton Hotel, and and at this point, again, bear in mind. That no guarantees. You were no guarantees. on standby, right? No. In fact, the first thing I did was when I walked into the hotel, again, there's another character dressed in white. My first question was, hey, what have the standby lines been looking at, looking like? Have people been getting in on standby? And the guy, very much in character again, is like, I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> uh, your entry. Yeah. You'll just have to wait and see. Right. And so we get there at around 2.30, and we see that we see a party for their 2.30 appointment, there were about, I think we counted maybe maybe nine people. We had heard that they were only allowing like six at a time every half hour. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if all of them went in. But it didn't look good for us. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're like, oh, my God, everyone's actually showing up to the yeah. appointments. And so our, our time rolls around closer to 3 o'clock. Uh, my wife was at 3.30. I was at 4 o'clock. And the 3 o'clock appointment, no one showed up. There was nobody there. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And so I, I asked the guy, I was like, hey, if no one shows up for their appointment, can we hop into an earlier time slot? And he's like, well, let me let me go check and see. Yeah. So we're waiting. We're biting our nails. They come out, and they're like, okay, we're going to be able to make this exception. And then three people from the allotted time from that time slot actually show up, so they show up late. <laughs> okay. And so it allows us to go in. You're in. Boom. I'm in. Victory. Yeah. And (laughs) so, okay, let me tell you about the Westworld experience. From the moment you sign up, you're very much in that world. You're introduced by hosts from the show. They're dressed all in white. You're clearly talking to people that are in the Westworld mindset. And it's this, it's, it's, it's. It's like the Disneyland of Westworld. You're <laughs> fully in it. Like you're fully yeah. immersed in it. It's not a VR experience. You're you're in this thing. Yeah, and that's a good point because so Comic-Con is nowadays it's not just the convention. These off-sites are really kind of taking over in a way. But I would say the typical off-site is you kind of get a taste of the show. Like a good example is the Game of Thrones off-site, which is which is cool. A lot of people love it. A lot of people line up. And yeah, you get to sit on the Iron Throne. Fucking awesome, right? But, you know, you, you're you're taking a picture in front of a prop. You yeah, know, you're a spectator. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're looking at things right. that are set up for you to look at. Now, this one is like a game changer. I don't think there's anything quite as immersive as Westworld, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, this is the first I've ever, I've ever uh, been a part of that. And... Yeah, you're you're fully in the Westworld world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get to experience the setup of being, um, in a way, clothed and dressed. Yeah, and in character for this, there's a uh, there's there's this personality assessment. Again, you're you're being t- you're talking to someone one on one in this small room, mm-hmm. and they're trying to assess your personality and see and and seeing where you fit in the Westworld world (laughs) yeah so cool yeah yeah and that's a good point like that personality assessment you had described to me before you know not only is this a completely immersive amazing experience it's kind of customized to you too so not only is it super awesome and 
exclusive, but it sounds like each person kind of has their own unique experience. Oh yeah, everyone gets their own takeaway. Wow, that's awesome. And what's cool is that this assessment determines whether you get a white cowboy hat or a black cowboy hat, okay. which is you know good and evil, right? Yeah. In the context of the show, right? And it's it's a legitimate cowboy hat. Yeah. Like that, uh, it's like a what is it? It's like a, like a fur suede. Like it's a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. It's not like some cheapy knockoff. It's not or a cardboard cutout that you just uh, <laughs> you know adjust to your head. No, it's and on the inside of the brim, it's great. It has this like Westworld logo. It looks like it's right out of the show, and right. it's something you get to keep with you uh, when you're done. Super cool, yeah. All right, and yeah, and just again, not many people got to experience this, you know. Um, and you know, going back to like how shit like this happens, you know, um, there's a lot of factors, you know. I think. So a, a big thing about having cool shit happen to you at Comic-Con, a big one is teamwork. You know, getting the badges, the, the very first thing, getting those badges, getting in, the teamwork <laughs> goes a long way there. Yeah, you know? we've been working with the same team for the last four years. Yeah, and, and it really is that sort of strength in numbers approach that helps. And that applies to almost every other aspect of comic-con too i have you know, i have friends of friends that have been trying to get in on an individual basis and have not been able to get in for the last handful of years because of that yeah i, believe I tell it. them all the time I'm like hey join us yeah we'll, we'll help get you in yeah there really is strength in numbers there and then similarly here you know um had i not lined up with you that thursday morning um and just been like oh hey you know maybe we should check out that westworld line maybe that wouldn't have happened you know because um, subsequent mornings, I think the word kind of got out how awesome this offsite was. Um, the, the cutoff was like earlier and earlier and earlier. And you know, when it came to like Friday night, Saturday night, like you had to fucking get in line at like 2 a.m. or oh, something. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know? So right? when we got in line on Thursday, they cut the line at around 8 30. Yeah. The following day on Friday, we found out they cut the line as early as 6 or 5.45. Yeah, it got earlier. Yeah, so word got out, and it just it, it just became a popular thing. But it's yeah. also a really limited engagement. Like, yeah. they were only allowing six people every half hour, so that's 12 people every hour, right? Yeah. And uh, what, they're open, I think they start at uh, 11, from 11 to mm-hmm. I think 4 or 5 is the last setup. So it's, it's a really limited number of people. And then yeah. Sunday, they only had a three-hour window, so it just got skinnier and skinnier yeah. as the weekend uh, went on. Yeah, definitely. So, so I want to say less than less than I don't know three, maybe four hundred people got to experience the Westworld thing. Yeah, very. So I felt limited. really lucky to get in there. Very limited, and lucky. Yeah, lucky too. Luck is a huge factor in everything as well, because you know we had done a lot of these these things right. Teamwork, preparation, like all this stuff to, to prepare. You know. Um, well, here's the thing, though. Like, there's only so much preparation you can do, right? Yeah. You can, like, lay out all your programming. You can lay mm-hmm. out an itinerary for the day. But all of that can hit the fan at any moment. Yeah. It could, it could all lead to nothing. Yeah. You know, like, th- this is another example. Like, all, you know, waking up early, you know, um, working as a team. You know, it, it, it led to what? You're getting standby. So what if those people who were slated for the slots that you ended up taking, what if they showed up? Then... You know, it, you probably wouldn't have gotten in at all, right? Yeah. So there's there's that luck too. There, you you lucked out that people didn't show up when they were supposed to. 
um, I'd hate to be those people. Like, I'd be kicking myself. If you if you had, if you signed up and didn't go, fuck, dude. I mean, I, yeah, what the hell? Okay, so. Did I tell you about the people I saw at the hotel we were waiting in line for? <laughs> oh, wait, what's this? Um, Maybe not. Yeah, Go so ahead. it was at the uh, it was at the Hilton, yeah. and you know all of those big hotels, the Hilton, the Hard Rock, all those guys like the, you know they're housing all of the celebrities that are staying in for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while we were waiting in line, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we got to meet. Uh, let's see, Eric Roberts and Natasha Henstridge walked by. Uh, yeah, uh, Rob Liefeld <laughs> walked by. We said hi to all these guys as they were walking by. Uh, let's see, cool. who's the guy from The Big Bang Theory who plays the geologist? He's a tall. Guy, heavy set with a beard and glasses. I forget his, oh, I forget I'm his not name. Sure. I'm not sure. Name I met him at a previous at, at a previous uh, San Diego uh, event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I saw him again. Cool. Uh, and it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just person after person. Who's gonna come out of that elevator? Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. Nice. And yeah, like um, that's a big part of Comic Con too. There's all these celebrities kind of roaming around, and there's a bit of a luck of the draw running into some of them too. So again, that luck factor, right? So speaking of luck, you know, I I had come up snake eyes on trying to get the Frank Miller signing that Thursday morning, right? But uh, the ending of the story, the ending of that story is a good one because yes, I did get into the signing, as did you, Rainier. So let's talk about this one a bit. So (laughs) our Friday morning plan was to go for the Frank Miller signing. Yeah. By the way, Frank Miller was probably the only thing that I had lined up that I was aiming for yeah. before the entire weekend happened. <laughs> and everything for <laughs> that's, for that's you it. it was kinda like just kind of seat of your pants to see what happens, right? Yes. And okay. I knew it was gonna be a lottery and I knew it was gonna be just pure luck. So yeah. I wasn't also like banking everything on it. Right, right. But this was really the only thing I had lined up on my itinerary for okay. the entire weekend. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, Frank so Frank Miller doesn't do a lot of signings. He does not. So um this was a big one for both of us to try to go for. Interestingly, the way that the Dark Horse Comics booth works is for limited signings like this, they do a draw the the morning of and the morning before. That's why I went for for it on Thursday. He actually did the signing on Friday, but I want I knew I had two shots at it, right? So Thursday came up empty. Friday try again. This time uh, Rainier, we were you. You were in. We wait, were wait, both wait, Friday. Let's rewind back a little bit. So yeah. Friday, you took several shots, right? Um, or was that Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. No, well, Thursday, I took a few shots at Dark Horse. As it turned out, I only had one shot at Frank Miller. I I I, I pulled that fucking bead. Yeah, <laughs> they I mean, this is a bead system, so this is yeah. not a ticket draw. This yeah. is, and this is new for me too. Like yeah. you either so there's red and black beads. Yeah, if you pull a red, you win, and black, you lose. Yeah, and then you throw so, it back in the bag. Yep. So it's a true lottery. Yeah. So yeah, I had one shot at it. Pulled the black bead. Done. I went back in to try again, but at that point, the Miller wristbands had been all given up. So, just crushing, man. Disappointing for sure. Although I knew I had another shot at it. So cut to Friday morning. Both you and I were in. And um, we, we had a bit of an agreement. You know, we, we told each other that, well, you know, probably or very likely we each have a shot at this, right? Uh, in the case where we, um, well, the, the best case scenario is we, we both pull a red bead and we get the wristband. Um, there's a possibility that we both pull black we try, we just, obviously, we, we try again. We keep trying until they run out. 
Now, in the, in the case where one of us pulls red, the other pulls black, the agreement between the two of us is we would both go back in line and the person who already won one could be a potential winner for the other one. Well, here's right? the key thing, too, is that if you're a winner, they give you a wristband, but they don't make you put it on in front yes. of them. So you could really just hand it to anybody. Yes, yes. That was part of the thinking, right? And I am very glad we had this agreement because what happened? Um, we got to the convention floor quite early. Again, we lined up. Um, we had that same like 4.30 wake up, you know, got got out in line, 5, 6 a.m., you know. Um, and as it turned out, thank God we did have a couple shots at this because we got in line. And again, my first draw was a black bead. And, you know, upsetting to say the least so i didn't see this and i was directly behind oh wait was i yeah i was directly behind henry and there were two stations where you could select from this lottery yeah and it seems like the station i chose was maybe not the best because you chose the other and you pulled the red i pulled a winning you got one i pulled a winning bead boom and and um, so as i'm pulling my winning bead i'm looking at henry because he's waiting at the uh at the exit and i see him showing uh, a thumbs up do you right. Remember, do you remember that? I do, and it was like <laughs> and so it was, was kind of like, like in question. Did you get it? But you kind of read it as I, I read got it. it. As, oh, he won! And I was like, oh, cool, we both won, awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 get back in line! I've got to go take another shot at this. Actually, what you should have done, Henry, was you, you should have hopped right back in line, and I could have hopped in back with you. Yeah. Um, but of course, we want to be fair, and we don't want to do any. <laughs> right, and as it line turned hopping. out, it was all good because we went again, and for the. Th- Third straight time of fucking pull the black bead. I wanted to kill someone, but Rainier he had he had the luck going on that day because he pulled a red bead and um, hooked me up. So I'm forever grateful. We both got wristbands for Frank Miller. Yeah, man, you're welcome. <laughs> I will be forever indebted because um, yeah. Let's talk about this signing. So the sign we we got the wristband like first thing Friday morning. The signing happened at noon, and. Um, there were a number of amazing things that happened this Comic-Con, but I got to be honest. I think meeting Frank Miller was number one. Wait a second. Wait a second. So yeah. before the actual signing happened, so the, the drawing was in the morning. Yes. And by the way, we raced to another booth to pick up wristbands to meet Todd McFarlane, right. Greg Capullo, and uh, Jason Sean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason Sean Alexander, I believe okay. his name is. Yeah. yeah. So we had a bit of a plan. Race yeah. for the first come first service bands, <laughs> which we got, which yeah. we like ran, walked to. <laughs> yeah. We did the jog walk because they yep. tell you to not run. And right. then we did the Frank Miller thing, right? Yes. And so and that we, was first thing in the morning, 9.30-ish. Yeah. We came up aces, man. We both got a McFarlane wristband. And we both ended up with the Frank Miller wristband as okay. well. And so the Frank Miller signing wasn't until 1 o'clock. Yeah. Right? Yes. Or two. Two. Oh, two. Sorry, no, no. Uh, noon. Is that noon. Okay. Noon? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Okay. All the time is like <laughs> starting to melt. Yeah, yeah. And so between that time, I actually had some time to go to Hall H and hang out there. And so let's fast forward to the Frank Miller signing. So uh, I meet up with Henry right at the Dark yeah. Horse booth. And by the way, this guy is beside himself because something <laughs> just happened. Are we going to yeah, talk yeah. about that now or let's, are we going to talk um, about that later? Let's... Okay, let, let's 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 tease that a bit. So, well, let's talk about the Miller signing. But when you <laughs> saw me, you see, I wish I took a picture of Henry's face because he looked like ghost white and beside himself. Yeah, yeah. Like he can't believe what the hell just happened. He didn't understand. I don't think he understood <laughs> what just happened. Yeah, I was stunned. I was in a daze. Something really amazing had just happened to me. And this is after we we fucking 
hit the jackpot getting Miller and McFarlane wristbands earlier in the morning, right? Keep that in mind. <laughs> so, but between the time that we got the wristbands and when we met back up again for the Miller signing, something super cool happened. And I was, I was stunned, you know, we'll get to that. Uh, but first, yeah, let's talk about the Frank Miller signing. Now, we had the wristbands. We knew that we were essentially guaranteed to get in, get our stuff signed, meet the man, the legend. Um, but at the same time, we know how cons work. We didn't want to wait till like the very end. You know, it was scheduled for noon to 1.30, I think. It's not like we're going to waltz up at 1.15 and be like, okay, sign my shit. You know, we, we got there like right at noon, essentially, to, to guarantee we would, we would experience this. And it was fucking awesome, dude. So um, the way it worked was uh, he was to sign a, a print that was uh, provided to everyone with a wristband. So essentially, he was there to promote this new book he was doing for Dark Horse. It's called Xerxes. It's kind of like a follow-up to 300. But in addition to that, you could bring one other item to get signed. And that was fucking cool because, you know, uh, part of the cool experience was all these Frank Miller fans in line. And I was just kind of looking around and it really spoke to his body of work, like the variety of stuff that people were getting signed. Um, so, Rainier, you had uh, Dark Knight Returns number one yep. to get signed, right? Mm -hmm. I had a, a Sin City print. Um, already you know different shit you know and but uh, other you know other people in line i saw some some daredevil uh comics from the 80s that frank miller did um we saw some 300 stuff and just like what else ronin i saw some ronin yeah, stuff yeah yeah other batman stuff you know and just it made me happy you know i saw like this is fucking cool and it wasn't the case you know okay one thing about comic-con is uh it's filled with a lot of casual fans you know, this was not the place where the casual fans And casual were. fans, mind you, are the people that are, are going in line to wait in line and not realizing what they're actually in line for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they'll be like, hey, who is that guy again? Yeah, yeah. This line, this lineup was like, these people knew what was up. You know, it, it was, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was comic nerds, essentially. My people, you know, our people. Fuck yeah. And so Frank Miller, I don't know, you guys, if, if anyone's listening to this and doesn't know who Frank Miller is. Um, Shame on you. Terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on. But he re he had redefined Batman. He has defined uh, an entire generation of readers. Yeah. Yeah, he, he um, yeah, he, yes, yeah, you, you nailed it. He re redefined Batman. I would go further to say he redefined comics. You know, in, in that um, era of... Uh, like in the 80s when he when we when he did uh dark knight returns and uh a little bit before that the the daredevil stuff like he just he he brought maturity to superheroes and it was really groundbreaking and uh you know a little later on uh, there's a reason why i got a sin city print done is that 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 run on sin city it's just it's a masterpiece you know it's uh, for for someone to to write and illustrate that series, the way he did it, it is phenomenal. You know, I, I can't say enough. I I, I, have, I have no words. You know, um, so super special to meet him. So a couple of things 
I wanted to point out as we're in line. So even though we got there at noon, you know, there's already a long line. Uh, no problem. You know, it's not like we're going to get shut out. But it was cool just to sort of see him interact with other fans and, and all that. Number one, you know, Frank Miller, he's not a young guy. He's, I think he's in his 70s, thereabouts. But he is like everything you would hope out of a, a legendary comics creator. You know, he looks super cool. Like, I hope I look this cool when I'm that age. You know, he had this fedora yeah, hats on. on. He had some swagger. Yeah, he had this sweet fedora on. He had this black blazer, these cool glasses on, and he had a fucking Batman shirt on underneath the blazer, you know? Just super cool. And he kind of had this... He, he was just kind of leaning back in his chair, you know? He had this kind of nice little slump back. Just looked super cool. Like, I, before we even talked to him, it was like, there's the man. That's the guy. That guy's fucking cool. And here's the thing I noticed, too, is usually with comic signings, usually it's just sign, 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 move, sign, 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 move, because yeah. they got to get through several hundred yeah. people. Frank was going, he was taking his time with everyone. He was yeah. having a bit of a conversation yeah. with people, yeah. and it was cool. It was a nice personal experience for every person that got to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I noticed he did, he would kind of examine that extra item. So like like I mentioned, he, he signed the Xerxes prints, but everyone got to bring their own personal item. And he would always... Almost everyone, he would kind of pick it up, look at it. He would chat with the person next to him, the, the Dark Horse booth representative, and just kind of talk about it, you know? He would comment, you know? and um, So it's yeah. almost like he had the look on his face as almost as if he was going through memory lane through all of his body yeah. of work that was being presented to him to, to sign. Yeah, it, it almost showed that he doesn't do this stuff that often because he was kind of digging it, you know? He was enjoying kind of going through his career and, and seeing all the cool shit he's done, you know? And then, um, okay, let's talk about the interaction a bit. So uh, we had the cool idea to video each other, right? And so the reason why we did this was because there was a disclaimer in the programming that said no post pictures with Frank Miller. Yeah. Meaning you can't say, hey, Frank, can we take a picture? No selfie. Yeah. Uh, so no post pictures. Yeah, but as we were approaching the table, we did notice like other people taking you know pictures of their friends from a distance you know so it's like oh we could probably do that but yeah, they then, were they were pretty relaxed with the rules like they I've relaxed. Seen, i was i was seeing people holding their phones right up in front of them did you notice that i saw some of that yeah um but it it made me think oh you know the the first person who goes you know the person behind them can roll video and then when that person's done they can roll video the next guy right so that's what we did and it's kind of cool. We got to sort of capture each other's personal experience talking with the man, with Frank Miller. You it was know? cool. It was awesome. It was weird seeing myself fumble around <laughs> asking this legend <laughs> questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point because I'm glad we did it. We got to capture it. Uh, if for nothing else, to just kind of take a screenshot of the video to sort of, you know, uh, commemoratize the moment but yeah like you're saying watching the video itself it's like I don't know I kind of got douche chills a little bit <laughs> watching like I was like oh man it's just like what a fucking dork you know like I hate, I, I, I hate seeing myself on like videos and pictures and <laughs> I think we both kind of came off as like real douchey fanboys but at but the same bigger, time, bigger picture, do we fit right in? Uh, exactly. Like, that's what everyone's that's doing. What, uh, that's how we should have reacted, really, right? So, yeah. But yeah, I'm not exactly going to be sharing that video widely. <laughs> You're going to get a million likes, dude. You should. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So 
yeah man so that was man it was so fucking cool it was it was it was yeah like i said possibly the number one highlight for me so what did you and frank talk about so um yeah these these interactions with celebrities or creators um you know it's not like you're gonna have like a 10 minute conversation right yeah, no, so, we're not having lunch with them or coffee so you know keep it short keep it simple so yeah i just gushed man i was like i thanked him i was like thank you for all of your amazing work you're a genius kept it pretty simple like that and he was cool man he's he's so like uh I was, I, yeah i almost forgot so not only did he look cool like approaching his table talking to him Super laid back, dude. Super chill. Super nice. You know. What were your expectations, though? Were you worried he might be an asshole, or that he would just disregard everything you, you know, were saying to him? Yeah, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Just because I know that he doesn't have to be a nice guy. You know, a lot of maybe up and coming comics creators, people who aren't as established, they really it's within their interest to be nice treat their fans well but frank miller he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be like that he could be a total dick it doesn't matter at this point right and yet he was super nice and i'll always remember that you know (laughs) fucking cool dude yeah yeah uh what about you what did what did you talk to him about uh similar to your comment um i was like hey mr miller i think i said mr miller I was like, hey, it's an honor to meet you. You know, thanks for your commitment to comics. That was really speaking to him still. You know, that was that was speaking to him being there. Yeah. Like, thanks for being here. Uh, and he he said thank you. And uh-huh. he was like, hey, that's that's an interesting shirt. I was wearing a uh, Bat Manga shirt. Yeah. That has, uh, you know, some Japanese characters. It has uh, a Batman. Uh, this is on my shirt. And... I was kind of, I don't know, not shocked, but I was kind of taken back because I didn't think he was going to comment on my right. shirt. Yeah. And so we had a little conversation about that. He's like, where's where's that from? He's like, I don't think I have anything like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is you know, this is Batmanga, uh, Batman Comics in Japan. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. I should probably check that out. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Oh, man. So cool. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I got my stuff signed and. And moved on. <laughs> yeah, and then there was the the always the uh, the stressful putting your signed stuff away moment. That oh follows yeah, these yeah. Signs, you don't want right? that ink to smear, and you don't want to crease uh, whatever it is you're holding. Yeah. So we, so you and I, uh, kind of set up camp right next to the dark horse booth, and kind of shielded our our signed stuff, and you know gave it time to dry. You know, did a little hand-waving, fanning uh, the autographs, and uh, very carefully uh, put them away and uh, and really, you know, enjoyed the moment. Yeah, still and go. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, I really got to, like, enjoy that moment. That was cool. It was really, yeah. it was really fun meeting him. That was great. Great stuff. Okay, so now I think I can, can talk a little bit about that moment that happened to me yeah, before so we were, the signing. Yeah, we were in line for that signing for a good hour. Yeah, and so all this time, this is where Henry had revealed to me why he was so ghostly white when I <laughs> caught out to him at at noon. Yeah. Okay. So let me take a few steps back. So, you know, uh, 
you're talking about how you you did very little preparation for Comic-Con. Now, I tend to do quite a bit of preparation, you know. Um, I, I research all the goings-ons and, and whatnot. And uh, there's a blog that we follow. Yeah, let's give them a shout out. They're, they're, they're really awesome. The SDCC blog. And they're, they're, they're like the best resource for, for San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and yeah, I, I, I use them a lot to sort of research stuff. That said, there was an event that flew under my radar. And thank God, I'm going to give a shout out to my homie Jerome. Jerome spotted this one event and he forwarded it to me. And thank God he did because it was amazing. So essentially, it was a Defenders cosplay meetup. And it, the scheduled time was Friday, 10.45, right? So right before that uh, noon Miller signing. And um, I probably wouldn't have even gone, but I was planning to dress up as Iron Fist. You know, um, the best Netflix show <laughs> out there, in my opinion. Yes, not <laughs> shared by many others, but um, yeah, no, I'm definitely into Iron Fist, and I had a pretty uh, simple cosplay idea. And oh, I also wanted to note that this is the first Comic Con I brought my son Simon to, and that was part of the cosplay idea too. I wanted to do kind of a father-son cosplay thing, which was fun. Uh, I had him get into his Falcon costume. So it was Iron Fist and Falcon. We dressed up on a preview night and took a few photos, which is fun. Oh, that's a game changer this year, right? Bringing your kid. It was big. Um, and it was more stress <laughs> and more, um, you know, exhaustion. Um, but the, the, the San Diego Comic-Con does have a child care service, and that saved my ass. Thank God for, for that. You know, that really saved me. Um, but, yeah, going back to the cosplay thing. So I was already planning on bringing my Iron Fist cosplay. And that then Jerome sends me this link about this Defenders meetup, you know. Um, and it says, oh, if you were planning on dressing up as Daredevil... Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, or Iron Fist, or, you know, anyone in that universe, you know, Punisher, Foggy, <laughs> you, you name it, come come to this meetup. Yeah, and yeah. we all talked about this. Like, we all were toying around with the idea of, like, hey, what what should we dress up as? Right, yeah, we were all kind of debating it. But, um, I was, like I said, I was already planning on it even before I heard of this announcement. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll stop by and check this out. So what it turned out to be was a, a lineup at the Netflix offsite. So we talked about the Westworld offsite. There was another offsite for Netflix specifically. So um, there was Stranger Things, Defenders. I think there's some other cool stuff at this offsite. Um, and essentially, there is a, a general uh, lineup for it. And then there is a cosplay lineup. So when I went, uh, showed up at, you know, a little before 1045, I found this this smaller line off to the side, and it said, you know, Defenders Cosplay. So, like, oh, I guess this is where I go. And I, I took it as, okay, I guess if you're in costume, 
you get to go, you know, before everyone else. You get to experience this offsite before everyone else. So I thought, okay, that's cool. Well, let me ask you this. Were there people ushering that line like, hey, you go here and you go here? There was, yeah. Thankfully, there so was So were there someone. people that were not dressed up trying to get into the cosplay line? They weren't trying to, like, you know, cheat their way in. They, they, they didn't know better. They, they just wanted to go to the offsite. So they would ask this person, oh, is this the Netflix offsite line? And then she would be like, Oh, it is, but only for, for Defenders cosplayers. So she directed those other people to the general line, which is a lot longer. Okay, so yeah. so but you didn't see people that were not dressed up trying to get into the cosplay line. Because the thing is, is like if there's different lines and there's a short line, everyone's going to gravitate to the shorter line. Of course, of course. And a lot of people did, you know, kind of try. Um, but once, you know, obviously, if they're not in costume, you know, they're getting ushered along. Yeah, you're you know, in or out. Along. Uh, so... Okay, then a time came to let us in, and there wasn't a whole lot of us. There was like 30 people, 30 people, right? And again, the expectation is, you know, okay, we're just going to experience this offsite like everyone else. It's just that we kind of got this fast pass, you know? Um, but they let us in, and they didn't let us into the offsite area. It was just kind of this opening, this clearing. This is at the, the Gas Lamp Hilton Hotel. So we went upstairs and there's this little kind of courtyard area. And there was like this Defenders backdrop and all these cameras. So like um, all, all, right away we were like, okay, I guess they're going to take some photos, you know. So they lined us up and they, they did, there's like a photo shoot, you know. Um, and we got to like interact with other cosplayers. And it's funny because there, there was, like I said, about 30 of us. And a good majority of the cosplayers were Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not not a lot of options for females. <laughs> yeah. And also the Jessica Jones costume is, is pretty easy, right? It's jeans and a leather jacket. Were there basically. any cross players, meaning were there any female Daredevils or male oh. uh, Jessica Joneses? Jizz. You know, <laughs> you know that's a good question. You would think there was, but I don't think I saw a single one. I don't think I saw any of that. Hmm. And also, what I didn't see a lot of were Luke Cage and Iron Fist cosplayers. Um, a handful of Luke Cage, Luke Cages, um, but literally, there were two Iron Fists. And you were one of two. I was one of them, you know? Crazy, right? And, and what I saw from the pictures was you were a... You were the Netflix version, and the other guy was the comic book version. Yes, yeah, it was cool, man. So I was like one of a kind, dude. You know, um, it, specifically uh, from Iron Fist season one in episode eight, when when uh, Danny, Colleen, and Claire raid the hand in China. It was that outfit. So if you recall, he's just wearing all black. He's got a hoodie on. Um, very pretty, very, very toned down. You know, I had an Iron Fist shirt on underneath my hoodie to sort of represent that. But yeah, it was it was that outfit, very understated. Um, so pretty cool. Now, after the after they were done taking photos, we thought that was it. We thought, okay, they're probably going to let us into the offsite now. But then the MC there was like, oh hey, we got a special surprise for you guys. There's a special guest. And uh, everyone started buzzing a bit. It's like, oh, what's going on, you know? And then he's like, oh, you know how I said there's one special guest? I take that back. There's actually four. And that's when everyone kind of went apeshit because we kind of knew what was in store. 
So they open this door on the side, and the entire main cast of the Defenders comes out. Finn Jones, Mike Coulter, Kristen Ritter, and Charlie Cox. They come out, and it's, I'm telling you, man, like, this is one of those things, it's like, this is what you go to Comic-Con for. This is one of those magic moments that you go to Comic-Con for. The whole, all of us went bananas. We lost our shit, and it was so fucking cool. So, oh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna note this too. So, like I said, uh, Finn Jones was the first of the four to come out, and he he made a beeline toward me and the other Iron Fist. <laughs> like his, he he recognizes people like right away. He goes right up to me and him, gives us bro hugs. I'm, he's like, oh. I'm going to go to the Iron Fist sympathizers. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe he was thinking that because, you know, th- his show was not critically received well. So he went straight for, like, the true fans, right? So he gave, the f- g- gave us some love. And, yeah, everyone's going crazy. And then um, then more photos. Like, so they, the, the four cast members stood in front of us. And there's all this press around there taking photos. And then, awesomely... After the the press photos were done, they just kind of mingled. You know, we got to like I, well, I was gonna say hang out. We didn't really get to hang out with them. But people were just hounding them for selfies and stuff. And it's kind of this this uh, Lord of the Flies <laughs> like crazed situation. And I was fortunate enough to get a selfie with Charlie Cox, aka Matt Murdock, and I also got a selfie with Mike Coulter, aka Luke Cage. And, now, uh, were we able to share any words with these guys, or was it just hardly h- at all. high and by? Just like touch a and quick go. thank you. Um, I did, after I, I did the selfie with Mike Coulter, I, I, you know, I gave him a thanks. I think I gave him like a little fist bump, and I kind of like just slapped his shoulder a bit. And dude, that guy is, he is power man, dude. <laughs> it, was, it was like fucking like high fiving a brick wall. You know, the guy's stacked, man. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, uh, Kristen Ritter was a, more, a little more elusive, but even with her, I got to give her a solid high five. And, um, and if that wasn't awesome enough, uh, before I left, they gave every single cosplayer a signed copy of Defenders number one. And when I say signed, all four cast members signed it. That's awesome. Oh, unbelievable. So, dude, like I said, fucking a man like this is what comic-con's all about moments like that (laughs) unbelievable super special super unique so i guarantee you this if this happens again next year and there's an official netflix cosplay get together (laughs) people are gonna be camping out for it oh that's the thing like it's 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 key to get into these things that are early before they're popular because then you don't have people camping out for these things like Mm -hmm. i remember i remember the year lost came out yeah the entire cast was at the booth there were not long lines at all oh, wow. to to try to meet or say hi or, mm-hmm. or or interact with these guys. Yeah. Sure enough, the next year you have people cosplaying as lost characters. <laughs> That's the thing. As soon as it's it hits the popular circuit, like you, you better get ready to camp out. Yeah. Uh, and and you know and it, it very little hope that things are going to happen. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to the sort of planning versus seat of the pants approach, like. A lot of the coolest stuff, I would argue the coolest stuff, you can't plan for because either it, they're, they're going to drop it on you like a surprise or it's just luck of the draw. You know, like um, you can't 
you, you can't plan for the coolest shit at Comic-Con. Yeah, no. You're, yeah. If you are, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's an aspect where it's good to plan, but you can't stick to your plan, you know, too rigidly. No, you got to be nimble. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so basically that Friday, I mean, so I've been going to Comic-Con for, for several years now, not not as many as, as you, Rainier, but um, many years. And you talk about a single day of awesomeness. That Friday, uh, there's no question, it was it was the awesomest Comic-Con day ever for me you know i'm we haven't talked about tom mcfarlane so we we um did the mcfarlane signing like later in the day it was like 5 p.m or so Mm -hmm. so dude like that i can't believe what happened to me that day you know at the end of that day i was like i I could die happy right now you know it's crazy (laughs) holy shit and that's comic-con guys yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah so you know and you know, like you said, the, the ups and downs, like Thursday was a down. You know, th- for me, th- oh, Thursday, it's huge for you. You got to g- get on that Westworld uh, offside eventually. But Thursday overall was 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 a down. I was like, oh, shit, man. Am I fucked? Like, is this how it's going to go this week? You know, and then then what happened on Friday, like, I couldn't plan for. And it was just magical. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that was really, <laughs> that was just a start. You know, we still had Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, we're... We're, we're rambling on quite a bit, so we probably don't want to go uh, too much more on, on our experiences. I think we listed our top moments, right? Westworld, Frank Miller, Defenders. I think that those are the top, Hall right? Hall H was a big one. Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, we, we can't stop without mentioning Hall H. So Clara and I were talking about, like, oh, no one gets into Hall H. You know, that's just just a few very small percentage of the attendees get to go. Wait, I can't remember. Did Clara make it in the Hall H? No, and neither did she I. She got shut out? Well, she didn't try. She didn't even oh, try. she didn't take a shot And I really didn't either. But, and the thinking is, it's it's this very small minority of attendees who get to go. Um, and it's like, oh, most people don't get to <laughs> and go. And this is a hall that fits 6,000 people. But again, yeah. 6,000 people among 140,000 attendees. Like, yeah, that's... Yeah, do the math. It's a small group. It's a very small group. And you, Rainier did go and you were in Hall H Saturday all oh, day. Oh, we were there all day. Yeah. Like usually every year Saturday for me is Hall H because that's the day for me to rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, you know, we're sleep deprived and malnutritioned. Uh, and so Saturday is that day to catch up on rest, sit back, watch all the celebrities funnel into Hall H, see some cool shit. And that's how it goes. But now Hall H has been this exclusive thing that people yeah. are camping out for yeah. you know days in advance and there are people that are cheating the system there are people that are <laughs> you know they're 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 fighting like tooth and nail to get into hall h that's yeah. that's just how it works we got really mm-hmm. lucky with uh, our friends holding places in line for yeah. us hey let's we, give a shout out to albert yes albert did a great job of holding. He's 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 a camper. Like he yeah. loves to camp. Like I, th- this year particularly, I want to call this guy Albert, the saint of Comic Con, because so every year he goes, he he's like a Hall H guy, right? He he lines up early. Comic Con is Hall H out. for him. Yep. Yeah, and his family, him and his family. But this year he 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 had a he had an accident previously and it, it kind of limited his experience so he 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 didn't get a badge and obviously he didn't he didn't do his hall h thing but 
I mean, I don't know what, out of the kindness of his heart or something, he still lined up. And he held spots for family members and friends of family members. And uh, this guy is he's a saint. Unbelievable. And what's cool is that he he bridged a lot of like friendships uh, waiting in line, and that's yeah. that's the thing about waiting in line is that you meet a lot of different people that come from you know all walks of life. Yeah, uh, and that's the fun of Comic Con is you know hearing other people's experience and what they've done, and that's also how you get the best information of what's going on mm-hmm. uh, there. And you know, for me, like you're gonna wait in line forever and ever. Um, why not have a, a cool conversation with like-minded people? You know, like oh, did I tell you yeah. that one of the guys we were waiting in line with actually works at Marvel? No way. Yeah, he does like the like he like the Guardians of the Galaxy did that Doritos bag. Like he works on that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing in line with us? Like, shouldn't you be in line with all of your like your coworkers? Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's a small number of people that that get to do that. And he's yeah. like, we get to we have to wait in line just like everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but he gave us some interesting insider info on the world of Marvel, and surprisingly, he's a huge DC fan. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that must be so awkward uh, <laughs> with water cooler talk. Uh, yeah. Regarding your uh, DC fandom. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, similarly, I had met a guy. He saw my Iron Fist tattoo, and um, he asked me, "Oh, hey, you're an Iron Fist." TV show fan, huh? And I was like, oh yeah, well I love you know comics, but he noticed the tattoo I had was specific to the show, and he's like, oh I worked on that show, and as it turned out, this dude was like the main VFX guy for the glowing fist. You know, he he designed it, and he he worked with Marvel, he worked with Netflix to to get it just right. And a very interesting story. He, he was telling me that Marvel was pushing for like the giant flame you know the the the, the big um flaming fist from the comics and netflix was trying to push for tone down netflix apparently they wanted the fist to not even glow they, they wanted like no effect you know um so opposite ends of the spectrum so he, he was kind of st- caught in the middle and what they ended up with was sort of a compromise it wasn't this huge flaming fist and it wasn't nothing it was just kind of a glowing fist maybe should they should have focus less on the fist and focus more on the martial arts <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i think a lot of uh, a lot of people would agree with you there <laughs> so and so he was in line with you what were you guys in line for so this was it it was um kind of interesting it was sci-fi they were interviewing geeks about their geekdom you know what 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 do you geek out about and they wanted to, to talk to comic-con attendees about oh right you had a time slot for this right this was supposed to be a televised thing yeah yeah i don't know what will come of it but yeah i i might have like a brief uh uh appearance on a sci-fi show about about geeks so uh you know keep it keep it did you sign like an nda or uh a release form i did i did yeah you sold your soul yeah i did sell my soul so we'll see what happens um, but yeah, that, that experience was cool. And it was, yeah, it was super cool meeting this dude who worked on uh, Iron Fist. He, he apparently worked on uh, Daredevil a bit too. He did some effect shots for, for some of the, the ninjas for the hand. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. You never cool. know who you meet in line. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, taking it back a step, like you meeting this guy who works at Marvel, me meeting this guy who worked at Netflix a bit, like it, it really goes to show you that Comic-Con just everyone's in the mix you know like there's there's really no there's no vip ticket 
you know, if if you're wanting to go to Hall H, you're gonna line up with everyone. That that's if you're press, if you're an exhibitor, you're a regular attendee, you fucking work at Marvel Comics. Like everyone's just right in there, you know, in the mix of it all, right? Yeah. So, and you know, um, that kind of speaks to the the philosophy of Comic Con. It really is. Yeah, they, they've stated we don't have VIP tickets. We will never have VIP tickets. It's an even level playing field. And it's really, they want, you know, everyone to be able to experience stuff like everyone else. And you can't pay your way into stuff, um, which is a, a nice, it's a nice thought. But I think it really leads to going back to some of the negativity we talked about the, the crazy crowds the crazy lines yeah they're gonna need they need to make some changes regarding the lines yeah um, either i don't know either limit the number of people that can go to help disperse the lines or make everything a pure lottery yeah i mean there's a lot of i know there's a lot of crazy logistics involved yeah. and it sucks it's turned off a lot of people from comic-con there's a lot yeah. of comic-con haters out there that yeah. are like i'm not gonna go to this place and just wait in line for everything yeah um, for me, it's like, you, again, you find a lot of this magic and all of this cool stuff in sort of the nooks and crannies of Comic-Con. Like, again, you got to work for it. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to pay your dues mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, you just got to get lucky. That's just how it is. That's how it is. But every year, I mean, as, as long as I've been going to these things, like I still am, I still manage to, to be surprised by the things that I see, the interactions, uh, you know, I encounter and it's fun. I enjoy yeah. it definitely fun and um yeah we talked a bit about you know possibly they should monetize some of this stuff and again it's totally against that philosophy that that sort of exclusive elitist philosophy where you know you pay your way into stuff but i don't know maybe they need to have some sort of you know compromise where they monetize some of it because it's yeah some of the stuff is just too too crazy it's too insane to deal with it's just so much stuff in in between you know a five a five day thing like there's just so many things going on i read i read a post somewhere where someone was like hey maybe they should have like a winter comic con and a summer comic con oh yeah and like spread it out a little bit it's not a bad idea but we don't work there we don't know what they yeah (laughs) who knows who knows Okay, so I think we can um, wrap up. Any any final thoughts? Any other stuff like that happened um, that you wanted to call out? Just personal cool shit you might have experienced? All right, highlights for me. Let's see. The Kingsman panel, Hall H. Hall H in general on Saturday was awesome. Yeah. The Westworld experience by far was the coolest offsite I've ever been to in the history of Comic-Con. Uh, Frank Miller, Todd McFarlane, those were mm-hmm. highlights. Yeah. Um, you know what occurred to me early on this year was I didn't spend that much time on the exhibit floor this year. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually walk the exhibit floor even on my first day. I didn't get to see the convention floor until like midday, and that's usually unheard of. Yeah. Like I'm usually on the convention floor early on. Yeah. Uh, so that's different this year, and I think it's just because there's so many there's so many things happening outside of the exhibit yeah. floor. Which is great for people that either don't have tickets or, you know, locals that are driving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think back to what Aton said about the vendor side. Like, if it's not crowded, it really sucks for them because then oh, it, right. does, it does drive down sales. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big thing with Mile High Comics this year who, who pulled away from Comic-Con. All oh, right. Um, and so I, I'm kind of looking at that at a different perspective. 
but man, there's just so much stuff. Everything was really a highlight. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to pinpoint a lot of it, but there's just so much stuff that happens inside and outside of just that whole gas lamp area. Yeah. Cool. Oh, the number of Game of Thrones stars we saw walking around was was pretty uncanny. Oh, right. Uh, I forgot to mention this while we were waiting in line or while we were waiting for our time slot to be called for the Westworld experience. Sure enough, the guy that plays Bran Stark and the yeah. guy that plays Davos was right there in the lobby just kind of hanging out. Nice. I got to go over there and just say hi to them really quick. I didn't want to do a selfie uh, because I didn't want to risk getting kicked out by the security <laughs> that started to swarm them as people were realizing who was in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hall H, we were right behind the guy that plays Sam Tarly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know their actors' names, yeah. but he was right there. And the moment someone walked up to him and said, hey, oh, do you mind if I take a picture, yeah. that's when he got up and walked away because uh, he realized he was going to get mobbed. Right, right. Um, but we had, we had the opportunity to sa- say hi to him really quick before we realized it was even him. And that's the thing, too. Like, these celebrities – I'll walk by if you're not looking out for them or you just don't have an eye for it they could be standing right next to you you wouldn't even know yeah, it yeah uh, indeed uh, so just a couple of things I want to call out um, especially you know since this is a this is a comics podcast um, image comics you know so I talked about the Miller signing and that Defenders cosplay thing those are uh, no, no doubt the, the, the top two moments for me um of comic-con but other than that you know uh i i did a lot of image comic stuff you know there's one booth on the exhibit floor that i was at the most it was the image booth you know whether it was for signings i, I went to the todd mcfarlane signing as you were talking about um also there's some other creators i did signings with there and i went to image panels too there was a great fucking panel i went to with robert kirkman and todd mcfarlane Super cool. It's just the two of them, no moderator, and you know they're they're clearly like old friends because they're just having this informal <coughs> informal conversation and just kind of joking around with each other, but at the same time talking a lot about you know the birth of Image Comics. You know, Image celebrated their 25th anniversary this year, and they kind of took a look back at, at the origins and you know the, the moment when they brought Kirkman on board and everything, and super cool. Um, I went to a, a couple other image panels as well, uh, but hey, you know, Comic-Con with the Hollywood influence, there is still a fucking strong comic books presence there. Comics and are still there. They hell still exist. the fuck yeah. We were talking about this at the con that, you know, it was really awesome that Miller and McFarlane were there, and we we're hoping that this kind of leads to other legendary creators to to come on out because San Diego Comic Con, at least for you know maybe the last decade or so, has really become has gone Hollywood, you know. And I think other conventions like I think there's an attendee who lives in the Seattle area. She was telling us how like that con has kind of been become better for comics creators, you know. And like that's that's a shame, you know. Like San Diego Comic Con should be like the best at everything for all things, you know particularly with comics. Yeah, they're the ones that started it. Yeah, you know, the history of it. Uh, so that was really, that was great, you know, that there, there's this kind of ref- return to form in, in that regard, yeah. Can I tell you a little bit about Hall H? Please, please. <laughs> I, we barely touched upon it, and that was, yeah, go ahead. Oh, man, so one of the big things that stuck out to me, 
was Aquaman and Justice League. Oh, yeah. So when the Warner Brothers stuff started showing, all the movie Warner Brothers, DC stuff, um, it was Jason Momoa and his uh, hippie Hawaiian ways <laughs> that actually ran through the aisles and, to make it to the stage, yep. barefoot and everything, holding his Aquaman uh, trident. Hell yeah. <laughs> and what was cool was they announced the lineup of DC movies that are coming out. I was actually oh, a bit right, surprised right. by a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Wonder Woman 2. Uh, they're going to do a Justice League Dark movie, mm. Su- Suicide Squad 2, mm-hmm. which seemed a little surprising, although I think it's going to be pretty cool. We'll see. Um, Flashpoint. They're doing a Flashpoint movie, oh, which I yeah. feel like is a little too soon. <laughs> but maybe that's a good way to, if they're going to eventually replace Ben Affleck, yeah. uh, they could change the entire cast if they need to. Um, what else? Yeah, the uh, so, but Aquaman and Justice League were the were the big Warner Brother things. They showed, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they showed a scene from the Aquaman film. Uh, the director who is oh, I forget his name. Um, oh, uh, James Wan, I believe his name is. Yeah, he did a special cut for Comic Con, which was really awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, so a lot of exciting stuff happening for DC. Uh, and then I'm just gonna hop over to. Oh, Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like this was the first time they were all at Comic-Con, like the entire okay. cast. Yeah. Uh, and you could just tell. I mean, you know, these are kids that are on stage, and you can just tell that they were just as excited as we were uh, to be there. Um, and it was in the, in the entire crew. It was a fun panel. Uh, guess who was the first person to ask a question when they opened it up for Q&A? Who? It was Barb. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so she was hiding amongst the crowd. Yeah, she asked the question, is Barb going to be in season two? Uh, and the, is it the Russo brothers? Oh, the D- Duffer brothers. Oh, the Duffer brothers. And, yeah, yeah. Who are the Russo brothers? Oh, they, they, they did uh, Winter Soldier oh, and Winter Soldier. <laughs> Civil War, yeah. Oh, all these brothers that have done movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, no, Barb's not going to be in season two. <laughs> oh, really? And yeah. the crowd was like, oh! <laughs> no, she'll, have, she'll have some presents, it sounds like. Oh, yeah? yeah okay. Yeah. But that trailer, by the way, and you guys talked about it in the last yeah. one. That trailer, man, the room was just electric when they showed that. I'll and bet. when uh, when Vincent Price started talking yeah. and they started playing Thriller, oh, uh-huh. man, that was that was fantastic. Nice. Uh, man, what else should I talk about? Oh, the Marvel stuff. Obviously, yeah. that stuff is huge. Uh-huh. Most of the people that were camping out there were probably just waiting for Marvel, which was the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, um, Black Panther, uh, you know, they had they had skin in the game. They did before they left. They're like, they're like, wait, we got to show these guys one more thing. Right. Everyone thought the panel was over, they right? The panel was done because yeah. they had it already. The, the stuff they showed for Black Panther, the stuff they showed for Ragnarok was awesome. It was great stuff. Uh, but then before they left, they're like, we got to show you guys one more thing. They showed the fucking Infinity uh Infinity War trailer. Oh, yeah. And, man, and I know that they had released that for D23, uh, and they showed it to us. They played it twice, and the, they blew the roof uh, off of the building. Oh, man. So cool. And that's how it ended. That's how Hall H ended. That's great. Okay, so, yeah, I, I think... Know I'm, I know I'm missing a lot of stuff. I mean, there, that's what I was about to say. You know, like, there's... There's a lot of stuff that Atomic Blonde was really awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. just a oh, so Atomic Blonde was really oh man, Atomic Blonde looks great by the way. They showed this yeah. they showed this fight scene that had to have been at least five minutes. Okay, and very much in the Daredevil vein of just one take, and it was oh. her on screen doing all of these crazy fight moves. 
uh, down a stairwell. It did remind me of Daredevil very much, nice. but it was cool seeing Charlize Theron uh, in this role, the the female James Bond as they're yeah. as they're touting it. Um, but the title of that panel was "Women Who Kick Ass," and uh, that was a pretty cool panel. Sweet, yeah, man. Like, there's so much stuff that happens at Comic Con, and we're—I mean, we we talked. I think we covered all the highlights, but I think we're just scratching the surface in in terms of just everything we experienced. Right? Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of other cool little things that happened, you know. Ooh, the one panel I was a little disappointed in. Yeah. The entire cast of Westworld is there. Okay. A lot of potential. Yeah. I think the moderator didn't do a very good job uh-huh. of keeping keeping the livelihood of the panel, you know, there. Right. Uh, it's one of like, um, I forget the name of the moderator, um, but a lot of his questions were just like sort of generic off the page, and it's like mm-hmm. this question's for everybody. It wasn't like personal questions that you yeah. would see from like Chris Hardwick. Or that mm-hmm. sort of quick-wittedness uh, of what we're used to seeing for for panel moderators, yeah. um, and that just really goes to show that man, these panels uh, are are really as good as their moderators. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, that's a good point. The moderator can kind of make or break a panel, and I think there's a reason why Chris Hardwick is in so much demand for these. He does a great job, and he he's a fan of this stuff, and it really shows. You know, he's he's genuinely interested in what these people have to say and you know a lot i've seen i've been on panels where the moderator is like oh this is the the editor from entertainment weekly or something and they're there for maybe professional reasons um and it just doesn't come off as as uh, as personal you know um so yeah you're totally right a, a good moderator can really make can change the experience on these panels. But let's talk about some of the guests. Like for uh, Blade Runner, uh, Ryan Gosling was there, Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. Harrison Ford is not a convention guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Chris Hardwick definitely played to that because every time every time a question was asked to Harrison Ford, he would have this look like, I can't, the look on his face is like, I can't believe someone is asking me this. <laughs> but Chris Hardwick eased that tension by saying, okay, the next thing that Harrison Harrison Ford's going to say is going to be the greatest thing and is the thing I love about Harrison Ford. And so he totally called that out early. Nice. <laughs> but uh, for Ready Player One, man, TJ Miller, um, uh, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, I think it might yeah. have been his first Comic-Con. I believe it is. And it that was. was it was amazing to be in the same room with him and hearing him chat about uh, Ready Player One. So cool. Yeah. What else am I missing? Man, there's so much. I feel maybe this <laughs> can go into the next cast. but Yeah. And yeah, like you know, like I said, there's no way we can capture everything. Um, but I think we did good. We did good in covering uh, some of the highlights and some of the lowlights and everything oh, in and between. Oh, we had great seats in Hall H, by the way. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. really easy if you have a small part. If you're a single, like it's easy to find like seats like up front if you hop between intermissions. Is my wife and I, so we got pretty lucky with being able to find seats ah. where we could sit next to each other. But uh, with Hall H, we got in actually a little late on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we did some hopping between intermissions and found ourselves with some really awesome seats. Like we were right um, – we were actually pretty close to where uh, press seating was. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we got really lucky. We were able to actually see their faces instead of staring at the monitors. Oh, I love it. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, man. I think uh, – hey, I stated this before, but you and I, Rainier, we fucking won Comic-Con this year, dude. We did it. We get lucky every year. Make we make our own <laughs> luck, man. That's how. That's, that's how right. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta. You gotta be nimble. You gotta be flexible with that schedule, and you just yeah. gotta be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And the the 
a big part is expectation, I think. You can't go in expecting all this amazing shit to happen because very possibly it won't. Um, but great things yeah. can happen, and they did. Surprises still happen at Comic-Con. That's right. You just got to wait in line. <laughs> yes. It all starts there. <laughs> it all starts there. That's, yep. That's the dues that need to be paid. All right. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Rainier. See you later.